0: This episode is brought to you by Canva. When your work looks good, you look good. So create all the stunning presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos you need with Canva. Start with one of the designer-made templates or jump ahead with the power of AI. It's a real time saver and anybody can use it. Whatever department you work in, whatever you need, Canva will help you get it done and make it look fantastic. Start designing today at canva.com. Design for work. Tap the banner to learn more. Virtually no one has been traveling on airplanes in recent months. At one point, air traffic was down 96 percent.
1: There's just not a lot of flying going on at all. A couple of weeks ago, fewer than 100,000 people were going through TSA checkpoints every day. And that's the lowest level since, like, the 50s. That's being set back decades to a time when travel was sort of a special occasion thing that was reserved for only like a slim segment of society.
0: Right now, airlines have been upended. Passengers are terrified of being exposed to the coronavirus, international travel has largely been shut down, and in many spots, people are still sheltering in place. It has forced airlines to rethink how they operate.
2: The goal here is to stop the bleeding. We've got to make sure that Southwest survives. And if that means as a radically smaller airline, well, then that's what we'll have to do.
0: Today on the show, the CEO of America's largest domestic airline, on what it will take to get passengers back in the air and what could happen if they don't. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Linebaugh. It's Tuesday, May 19th. Recently, our airline reporter, Allie Sider, interviewed the CEO of Southwest Airlines, who hasn't been on a plane in two months.
1: When's the last time you went two months without getting on a plane?
2: Oh, I I can't remember in my career. Uh, You'd have to go back to the 1980s for, for something like that.
0: Gary Kelly has been running Southwest Airlines for about 12 years. Southwest is interesting
1: because they're actually the largest U.S. carrier of domestic passengers. So they're a really good barometer for what consumers are feeling and, you know, are people ready to be traveling again? And so far, the answer seems to be not really.
0: Coronavirus has ended a record-long streak of profits for airlines. Over the last few years, airlines have increased their margins by putting more people into cabins and charging fees for bags and flight changes. But now bookings have plummeted, customers have demanded refunds, and airlines have been forced to waive change fees. All of this has been devastating to their bottom lines. Here's Allie.
1: All of the airlines reported losses in the first quarter.
0: You know, they're burning through tens of millions of dollars of
1: cash every day. And under the terms of the CARES Act, airlines got uh, $50 billion. They have a tricky balance to strike in that they have to keep flying some flights under the terms of their federal aid. The government wanted to make sure that communities didn't lose air service altogether. So they have to keep flying. They can't just shut
0: down. But are people like booking tickets to Vegas or their bachelorette party in Nashville?
1: No, not really. People are not really booking tickets right now. Some airlines have said they've seen a little bit of booking, you know, especially a couple months out. And it's not clear if those are real bookings or if those are people just kind of testing the market and they see a great price and they they buy it, but they might not actually travel. You're not really yet seeing people really committing to plans. And one reason is that things just aren't open right now. Why would you book a trip to Disney Worlds not knowing if it'll be
0: ready for you? Airlines are trying many things to lure customers back and get them to book and take a trip. At Southwest, they've lowered the price of some tickets.
1: In our interview, I asked Gary Kelly about ticket prices and if he thought low fares would help people get back onto planes and if that even seemed like a responsible thing to encourage. And he said,
2: I don't know that it's necessarily trying to incent people to travel as much as it is that if you're going to travel, we want you to fly on Southwest. And... I'll just quote uh, our beloved Herb Kelleher after 9-11. He said, we are all low-fare carriers now. And that's where we are here again. If people are thinking about travel, they're definitely going to be watching their pocketbook. We're in a recession. You've got high unemployment all of a sudden. So it's very much a low-fare environment. But
0: cheaper tickets aren't all that airlines are trying to do. As they look toward the future and plan for riders who they hope will eventually want to return, they've put in place new policies to help people feel more safe on board. Many major airlines have required that passengers wear masks. They've stopped serving drinks and food, and they've invested a lot more time and money into sanitizing the cabins.
1: They're recognizing that people need to feel that the planes are safe and that they're being thoroughly cleaned. So they're using these foggers that spray disinfectants all over the planes to make sure it gets to every surface. And they're starting to do that not just overnight, but really between every flight. So that's really the biggest thing that they say they're doing to help protect customers and something that Gary Kelly made sure to talk about in our interview.
2: These airplanes are spick and span clean. They've obviously got HEPA filters in terms of the air quality, which is virtually hospital-grade quality air. So it is a very clean and safe environment. It's just never going to be perfect no matter what we do.
0: On top of cleaning, airlines are changing the ways people move around the plane. It's really virtually impossible to get the full social
1: distancing on a flight. There's almost no way that there can be six feet of distance between two passengers.
0: Some airlines, like Air France, are boarding passengers at the back of the aircraft first to limit traffic jams in the aisle. Budget carrier Ryanair has stopped letting passengers line up to use the toilet. Instead, they have to raise their hand to get permission from a flight attendant. Many airlines have limited which seats can be booked. Some have blocked middle seats altogether. At one point, Frontier Airlines gave passengers the option of paying $39 to ensure the seat next to them would be empty. After some criticism from lawmakers, that plan was canceled. Southwest is taking a slightly different approach, but it's still limiting passengers.
2: We're not booking the airplanes full right now. Our load factor right now is very modest anyway, you know, roughly 20%. So it's pretty easy to accomplish a decent amount of physical distancing on board the airplane. Not thinking about taking out middle seats. We're not thinking about blocking middle seats. If I travel with my grandchildren, I want to sit by them.
0: Sometimes when there are more passengers for a flight than Southwest allows, it adds an extra plane. Which means two mostly empty planes are flying to the same location instead of one fuller one. The cost of running that extra plane adds up.
2: It's really not a viable intermediate or long-term solution to cap a flight at 60%. That's not a break-even load factor. So it's just not a viable business. Companies would run out of cash.
0: But beyond the onboard experience, as they look to the future, airline executives in the U.S., including Gary Kelly, are asking for more measures to be taken before passengers even get to their gates.
2: The one thing that I feel strongly about is that we need the TSA to do health screening in addition to the other security duties that they have. Temperature checks, they're not foolproof, but they're helpful and better than doing nothing.
0: Why does he want TSA to handle
1: that? Well, I think from what Kelly has said and from what other airline executives I've talked to have said, they feel by the time you get to the gate, You've kind of already been through the whole travel process and you've been through the airports. And if you're positive, you may have already infected other people. So there's that. I think they also want this to be something that is uniform so that you're not getting a slightly different policy
0: with every airline. TSA could soon begin checking passenger temperatures at about a dozen airports, according to Ali sources. Passengers with a temperature of 100.4 or higher would be flagged. But TSA has some concerns about asymptomatic passengers, as well as whether temperature checks fall within the scope of its security mission. The details are still being worked out. Airline executives are also asking for other health screening measures.
1: I think there's interest in having, you know, some kind of, I don't know if you'd call it an immunity passport or some way for people to verify that they're healthy and haven't had symptoms and haven't had exposure.
2: I went to the dentist. I had to answer a dozen questions. If I answered yes to any of those, it was, we'll go home for two weeks. You know, So I think there are some things like that that can be implemented that would make sense. What you don't want, obviously, is sick people to uh, come to the airport and be in confined spaces, whether it's the airport or the airplane. So I think that would be the next line of defense to look at.
1: The health declarations Gary talked about, the immunity passports, it's not yet clear what that will look like and some of it will depend what the testing landscape looks like in a couple of months, you know, how widely available tests are, how easy they are to get. But yeah, in theory, you know, maybe you need to get tested before you fly and you get on a registry that says that you're negative.
0: Do you think there could be any passenger pushback to these ideas over privacy concerns? I think that this pandemic is probably
1: going to change a lot of our views about what is acceptable from a privacy perspective. You know, there are things that I think the airlines think won't last. You know, it's not clear how long everyone will be wearing masks all the time. But some of these things, like disclosing your health status, I think their view is that it might become a bigger part of just the fabric of our everyday life.
0: But the future of airline travel is likely to include more than immunity passports and temperature scans at the security line. It could also mean fewer flights and more layovers. That's after the break.
2: This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. Hiring with
1: Indeed, your search is over. With over 350 million global monthly visitors and candidate matching technology, Indeed helps you find quality candidates fast. As a listener of this show, Indeed is giving you a £100-sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash thejournalpod. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: Welcome back. Industry experts think it could be years before air travel returns to its recent highs. And so, to survive with lower revenues airlines might have to adjust to the new reality by downsizing.
2: We burned quite a bit of cash in the month of April. It's close to a billion dollars. So that can't continue. If we can get to break even cash flow in six months' time, then I think that it just gives us a little bit of breathing room to consider our next steps. What we're going to do in the meantime is uh, look at accelerating airplanes that are eligible for retirement. We will also offer... Voluntary separation packages for employees, whether it's early retirement or beyond. So all of those kinds of things to downsize the airline by some amount right now, I think, is very sensible. No airline is going to go out of business by being too small right now. So I think that we'll want to air on that side. And, you know, I've been very honest with our employees that this is bad and there's no way to know exactly what will happen in the future. We'll do everything we can to avoid furloughs, but it's just not a guarantee that I can make. We've got to make sure that Southwest survives. And if that means as a radically smaller airline, well, then that's what we'll have to do.
0: Smaller airlines would likely mean cutting some routes, pulling out of some airports, and reducing the number of direct flights. And those changes will have a big impact on passengers. People are used to having a
1: lot of options depending on where you live and maybe being served by multiple airports and being able to fly anywhere direct. And, you know, I think we'll be seeing a lot less of that going forward. In the long run, it's going to be an adjustment for consumers as well.
0: And these sorts of changes to the way we fly, masks and social distancing, do you think they'll be around for a while?
1: I'm not sure how long some of these things will last. There is a fear that this experience might prompt a longer-term rethinking of travel. You know, are people going to just use Zoom because they realize they don't have to meet face-to-face as frequently? I think that's not a popular view among airline executives. I think what they think and what Gary Kelly has said is that ultimately they expect things will get back to normal.
2: People will travel. And I think you will see full airplanes. I don't know that we will be back to 2019 levels immediately. And I'm not smart enough to know whether that's 18 months, which I've seen some predictions of, or whether it's 36 or whether it's five years. It will get back, but only when this pandemic is out of people's minds. And so there, I think you're back to a more, quote, normal airport and airplane environment But uh, I'll bet some things don't change. I I bet if we can implement health screening, I bet that stays. And I think that that would be a good thing. I think masks go away. But, you know, even before the pandemic, you would see the occasional customer who wears masks. So they'll probably be more prevalent. But in terms of the onboard experience, I think we'll have in-flight service again. It's the learning from this is the hygiene, sanitation, cleaning, cleaning. All of those are good things, and I think all those things should be retained.
1: I think one thing airline executives are hoping for is that there's a lot of pent-up demand for travel. You know, people have been cooped up in their homes with their families, stuck in one place, and that a lot of people are just itching to get out once they can. So I think that's a possibility that we will see a little bit of a boost once shelter and place orders are lifted and there's some reopening, you know, if it goes smoothly, that, you know, perhaps people will be anxious to start traveling again. We'll see if that turns out to be true.
0: That's all for today, Tuesday, May 19th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Thanks to Michelle Hackman, Benjamin Katz, and Mike Cherney for their reporting on this story. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.